podcast land lovers, this here be the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. This be an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. Now this here be the main show episode where we give our further thoughts of the amazing Once Upon a Time episode we watched last Sunday. Now, if you called in or emailed in, you might be hearing your thoughts in the podcast. So keep a ruddy eye out for it. And now, let's take a closer look at all the Once Upon a Time treasure we found. Here is Captain and First Mate of the Once Upon a Time podcast. And now, Captain... Permission to come aboard? Permission granted. Yes. Even if you're watching your parents fall in love, come aboard. Well, especially then, we want to hear about it. Yes. Welcome, everyone, to the last main show for season three. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do other things, and we'll probably talk about that in a little, little bit later. Yeah. This is the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. And <laughs> sorry, am, my little wookie. I am growling early. I am still Jeff Roney. I'm joined by the lovely, the wondrous Colleen Roney. And the first dog lady is in on the couch sleeping. Yeah, on the she's thing. not even in here. So we are going to be talking about There's No Place Like Home, the episode of Once Upon a Time. This is episode number 230-230, and the show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 230. Yep. All right. So, did you have a few views? Yeah, we have a few things to talk about. We just rewatched the episode. Yeah, yeah. So, let's go ahead and do this. We don't have any news. Uh, now this here be views from the deck. Take it away, Cap'n and first mate. As I mentioned, we did rewatch the episode "There's No Place Like Home," and it was really strange because it was right in the middle of what we DVR'd. We just started from the middle and watched. Yeah, it was kind of odd to do it. that. Kind of strange. But uh, did you have a couple of things that you wanted to talk about, or? Well, one of the things that at first, and it was just kind of a random, really weird thing was, you know, when Neil and Emma were at the swings, he had a glove on one hand. I'm like, what the heck happened? Where'd he get the glove? And I had to rewind and figure out that she dropped one of her gloves. It was raining outside. She dropped one of her gloves and he picked it up and he put it on, which I thought was kind of cute. It didn't fit, of course, because he's probably got much bigger hands than Jennifer Morrison does. So that was kind of funny. And that was just a random, weird thing. Um I didn't pick anything else really new. I, I liked, you know, reliving and going through the, the moments of, you know, Jen watching, well, Emma watching her parents fall in love, Emma realizing that she loves Hook, um, the wedding, even though it was built on a throne of lies. Right. Um, did, <laughs> but did at the you... same time, Rumple did, Rumple really does love Belle. There's no question about that. Well, we have talked about this ring a number of times, that magical green stoned mm-hmm, ring mm-hmm. that uh, that Charming's mother gave him, said that it would guide him to true love, yeah. and it's been used a number of times. And there was a scene that I remember when 
Snow or Mary Margaret at the time in season one was sitting on those stairs in her apartment, mm-hmm. twisting the ring around her finger. Yeah. She, that's what she, that was her thing when she was contemplating or whatever. Yeah. And it was interesting watching Emma hold that same ring and trying it on. And, and, and that's the one thing I mentioned to you is that, you know, all this time she's been talking about, well, Storybrooke isn't my home. It's New York, all this kind of thing. And she's always been, you know, snow and charming. You gave me up. You let me go. You, and all this time she's been holding that against them. But now she's faced with watching, not all the time, but she's watching very important parts of their lives. Right. And now she's, she's, been there she's watched she's knelt down in the in the brush in the forest and watched things happen she's remembered what the story she's been told she's held the ring she's tried the ring on she's enveloped in all this of the stories that she never felt a part of the book that she wasn't a part of. So, I mean, that was interesting kind of watching her being immersed in all this. I was also interested. It was really cool to watch hook do a lot of the heavy lifting of kind of knocking the ball back in play, Mm -hmm. kind of re explaining things, you know, charming when snow was up in that rope net uh, thing. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to fill in the gaps and filling in the gaps. here. If you really want, some people don't like Hook, but it's interesting if you really put aside all the other things, watch Hook in this episode. It's fascinating to watch him because it was supposedly all on Emma. It's like, I have to make, I'm the savior. I have to make sure my parents, you know, come together and all this. But Hook was doing a lot of the talking, a lot of the. Keep calm, Swan, you know, just dance. And it was interesting to kind of watch him through this whole two-show little arc. Yeah. And by the way, so. people don't like Hook? Blasphemy. Well, I, <sighs> you know, some 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 don't. Oh, so, I, I don't understand. I just don't. I can't wrap my head around that. It was also interesting to see a moment that in every character in Once Upon a Time, there's always a moment that they'll never forget that really kind of drives them on in their life, whether it's, you know, Regina holding it against snow for telling her secret or Rumple letting Bay go or whatever. There, there's these key moments and it's interesting to watch the key moment. And we touched on it before, but actually watch that key moment when Bay told Emma about home home is when you miss it, right. which is nothing like any of the little catchphrases you would ever say about home. Right. Home, home is, is where, where you heart, miss. Right. Home is where you, that's never been said right. that I've ever heard. Right. It's, it's always home is where your heart is. Home is where you lay your head, you know? So to me, but that's not, yeah. Home is where you Bay, miss. That's Bay was as broken. Bay was as broken as Emma was. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that you know, he was kind of coming around. He goes, you know, well, home used to be a bad thing, but, you know, it was good when it was good, but then it got really bad. And it, I don't know, that that whole conversation was really interesting when she said, well, wouldn't you, what about going back to fix it? 
He's like, yeah, I I can't right. fix that. One of the things he did say that I thought was real interesting that just kind of popped in my head was, you know, when she said, what's your story? He goes, interesting choice of words. Right, right. Yeah. You know, and of course, at that moment in time, she didn't know anything about him. You know, now looking back on it, she if she recalled that conversation, she would actually, it would make a lot of sense. But anyway. All right. The other thing I did want to point out, too, was, you know, Rumpel. At the end, I know this mm-hmm. we're jumping all over the place, but going back to the whole Bay and Rumple thing, is Rumple at the end asked her, "Does he forgive me?" Yeah. So, I mean, we knew that that was the case, but it just it just highlights it. it you know, do I find my son? Does he forgive me? It's not is he okay? You know, what happened to him? Where has he been? Where is he? It's does he forgive me? That's the first and foremost um, important question that he has. Do I find him? Yes. Does he forgive me? I mean, that's that whole thing. Because, I mean, I think if she had said, no, you don't, um, no, you don't find him, he would have, he would have, you know, who knows what would have, what have happened. So she told him the truth. Yes, you do find him. Does he forgive you? Yes. And she was very honest with him. And she was very, you know, um, emotional with him. That was, that was an interesting scene where she's like, I loved him too. You know, and, and Rumpel doesn't even phase him, you know, just, I loved him too. And I, you need to let him die a hero. He saved us all. So I think that it was interesting that, you know, you need to take the potion. And he did. And I thought that was fantastic the way that kind of ended. Yes. And I, I still, there's some things that I really can't get around. What's that? Like, why did Hook open that cabinet and pull out that? The Elsa urn. Well, he said, he said, when she said, don't touch anything, he goes, I was trying to find a way out. I know, but they had to set it up somehow. Okay. There's no other way because that was the only object that was kind of small enough that would have gone flying. All, into all the- it would have taken is maybe have him say, this looked magical to me or something. Or it had a, maybe it glinted. I, I think, you know what I, I mean? Think, something. I, think, I think honestly he was looking for anything. I mean, yeah. he said, I think it was pretty self-explanatory. I was looking for any, you know, anything to help us find a way out. Yeah. So... Um, but that's the thing that was smallest that could have gone through the portal. Right. And it, you could see it shaking on the table when the portal opened. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like Elsa w- inside was trying to find a way out too. Right. I, I wish that we would have seen it go through the portal. But I wish the, I wish we would have seen him see that and and have a reason to grab it. There's these little things. I mean, they're little things, and it's yeah. like, okay, let's just go with it. But anyhow, well, well but, but what I, what I think was interesting about that is here he was kind of frustrated with Emma for saving Marion, knowing right, that she right. should have died, mm-hmm. and being so careless as to do something that would change. The, you know, he said she was meant to die. She was not. She she needs. But basically, he was saying we got to kill her because she's she's not supposed to be alive. She's supposed to die. But the fact is, it, they got into the whole you know vault and. He completely carelessly just pulled something out and didn't think about the consequences. Right. So it's kind of it, funny yeah. that somebody who tried to warn her right, was actually doing the right, same thing. Did the exact same thing. The the interesting thing is <clears throat> that vault room reminded me a little of Indiana Jones in in a way. It's kind of like this back room with all this stuff in it. You don't know what it is, and you know that would be an interesting 
thing to look into as far as stories. Well, it kind of reminds what's, what's me of like, there. you know, going to an estate sale where somebody mm-hmm. has gone up into their attic and has all these things and they have no idea what they've gotten there. They're, they're just things they just need to get rid of. And, you know, yeah. and you, you never know what treasures you're going to find in there. I mean, he did say, and this is something that I, I, you know, I've heard people mention it's dark and unpredictable, but here's the thing. He said dark or unpredictable, right, not right. necessarily everything in there is dark. It was unpredictable, mm-hmm. something he didn't understand. So right. I just want to kind of go there because people are saying Elsa may be a villain and she may be one, but not because she really is one because she's misunderstood unpredictable right there are some dark there are some very interesting points that we will get to in the feedback about that but i i do agree you know when we see these things we have this idea that we already know what's going to how they're going to be handled Mm -hmm. we already have this preconceived notion and i i think sometimes we're going to be surprised yeah you know know, they're they're peter pan was not good Nope. We expected him to be good and right. So, all right, uh, and I am I am warming up to Frozen. I I trust the writers. I think we're going to have a very interesting time with it. Right now, and so. and, and I'm going to state this here because I I think I said this before, but I'm going to for sure state it again. I don't necessarily think we're going to see the same story that we saw in right. the movie Frozen. We're going to see the characters from Frozen, and not mm-hmm. all of them either, by the way. Yeah. But we're for sure going to see the Snow Queen, which I need to go and find the book and read um, the the Snow Queen fairy tale from Hans Christian Andersen. That's what I need to do. But I don't believe we're going to see Frozen right. Frozen. Right. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Well, we've never really seen anything that's a complete copy over no from that's a true. disney film and that's exactly seen, my point snow white for example sure we see snow white we see the prince we see the seven dwarfs we see them yeah. but they're very different they're not snow's not pulling out a sword right. charming has issues you know right so. they're not quite what we're expecting no. and no. so i know that that's that's been a source of contention for a lot of people especially with like you know beauty and the beast little mermaid uh, you name it people have had issues with it but i want to remind everyone that this is not a retelling of the disney movies it's not a retelling of right. any of the fairy tales it's a it's a re it's a it's a think of it as fan fiction for the disney movies right. or fan fiction for the you know, original fairy tales. It's not, we're not retelling the fairy tales. Fan fiction written by Eddie and Adam. Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> and fan and fiction, that's it. Which is fantastic. So, all right. Anyway. All right. So I am, I am better now and we, we go into the hiatus and I am, I am happier now. And we were a part of a, <clears throat> a round table yes. last night mm-hmm. with Bill and Anne-Marie from Greetings from Storybrooke. Yes. Whole lot of fun. Yeah, very was. very cool. All cool folks. I wish yeah. I could knuckle bump and say hey hey, but they're all There's some over the world. Very interesting yeah. viewpoints. Yeah, it was yep. really kind of cool. So the I will have a link to that so that you can listen to that, and that was loads of fun. And thanks again, Bill and Anne Marie. Yes, for inviting us. Now I think we will jump into unless there's. You want to save the news to the end, or do you want to? Um, 
Let's do it now. Okay. So let me. It's it's usually the part of the show. Yep. Hi. It's time for some Once Upon a Time news. So if you've been following us on Twitter or Facebook, you've kind of seen some things Mm -hmm. about what we're going to do during the hiatus. And I would like you, Colleen, to. Mm -hmm. Break it officially right now. What are we going to do? Okay. So during the hiatus, starting next weekend and every other weekend after that until the end of September, we're going to watch classic Disney animated features, specifically with an eye towards Once Upon a Time, though it will include our viewpoints of, you know, oh, I saw this when I was a kid or this reminded me of that. And I, you know, we, we watch these movies as kids or even maybe as an adult, but now we're looking at it from a different perspective. And that's, we want to look at the connections. Granted, we know, yes, Snow White, which is by the way, the first of the movies that we're going to watch. So if you have an opportunity to watch between now and next Saturday, we will be watching Snow White and we will, um, do our, our first podcast about that. It's called, um, the podcast is called Disney Once Again, and uh, the Facebook page is up, right? Yes. Facebook page for that is up um, now. Yes. So if you look for Disney Once Again podcast, mm-hmm. you'll find that page. Go go like that page. Follow along with us. Um, it, it'll be interactive, and as far as we'll give you a week in advance, your um, the next movie we're going to watch. You have two weeks to watch that movie, and then um, you can tune in and listen to us talk about that movie and our once connections. Like I said, Snow White, yeah, we know that there are some obvious connections between Snow White and Once Upon a Time, and we'll talk about those. But there may be things in that that might jump out at us that are not necessarily maybe obvious that we want to try and pull out. Or there may be things that, hey, they haven't used this, so maybe this will come into play at some point in time. The the bottom line is we're going to have some fun. We are. A lot of times when we look at these Once Upon a Time episodes, we're, we're real close and it's it's all these things and the, all that. Right. It's nice to kind of, for a while, put that in neutral and have fun watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Right. Watching these other classic films. So that's what we invite you to do. Watch it with us. And we're only going to do one episode, so unfortunately, we're not going to be doing any kind of feedback show. Right. So we would invite you, if you'd like, to leave your thoughts on the Facebook page. I, I'm I'm thinking I'd like to do that. Let's yeah. just make it a kind of a community thing. Sure. And leave your thoughts there. And I think may, I may have a post or two say... You know, in two weeks or whatever, we're going to watch Snow White. Right. What are your thoughts about that? And then the next one will, will be, okay, now that ep- that episode has been posted and you can listen to it. So the that's, that's what's going to happen. Right. It's not going to be a separate feed. We're going to include that in the Once Upon a Time fan podcast feed. So you don't have to subscribe to anything else. But we are going to have a Facebook page for you know, your thoughts and different things. So we'll do that there. Right. The other thing, too, is, you know, we're not looking at this from a technical perspective. Yep. We're not yep. looking at it from historical perspective. We're not going to go dive deep into, you know, this is the person that directed it. This is, you know, we're going to pull out just real quick initial impressions and connections that we see to Once Upon a Time and potential connections that could come in future episodes. Because, again, 
they've pulled some of the stuff from these movies, but they haven't used everything. Yep. So there are a lot of little tricks that, you know, in the items in the playground, <clears throat> excuse me, that they could pull into, you know, future seasons. So there are a lot of other podcasts that go really in depth yeah. about names and places and all these folks that did all this. Yeah. That's really not what this is about. It's it's revisiting yeah. a classic yeah. Disney animated film. Not for the first time. No. We're coming back. We're revisiting. And that's right. what uh, Bill in the roundtable last night said. It's kind of like a, a book a book club or a book reading thing uh, at a library during right. the summer in school. And that's pretty much what it is. Really, it kind of is. We're, we're listing out these classic films that you can watch with us and then listen to the podcast. Yeah. And a little hiatus fun during the hiatus. Yeah. So anyway, Disney, once again, podcast. That's what it's called. And um, so join us, if you would, for that. Very cool. So here we go with this. This here be the social media squawks. And that includes comments on the blog as well. Just saying. We want to thank you for leaving your social media squawks about Once Upon a Time. And we have some here that we wanted to read and discuss. So my was uh, talking about the musical episode Mm -hmm. that everyone has been asking for. And she mentioned that Colin is in a band called The Enemies. So that's one reason why, you know, we could. And you've mentioned before, a lot of the cast can sing well. are fairly good at it from what I hear. I'm, I'm dying to hear Josh sing. Because I hear he's phenomenal. So I'm dying to hear him sing. So, and I guess uh, Mai also said that Jane Espenson worked on um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which had the best musical episode of all time. So it yep. would be done right. So that's, uh, that's a good plus. I hope they do. I really hope they do. I, and I am warming up to that idea. I, I, need, I kind of need to you know, expand my boundaries. And, well, let me tell you. So. I mean, there are some shows that have done musical episodes and you kind of go, hmm, okie dokie. And there have been others that have been really good. I actually watched the Grey's Anatomy musical episode a couple of years ago. I was surprised at how well some of them can sing. And I knew, like, Kevin McKidd, who's a, you know, cast member, he, I know he can sing. Uh, Sara Ramirez, she is phenomenal. She's been on Broadway. And a few others were really surprisingly good. So I would imagine if they do it right, which I think they would, especially if Jane Espenson is involved, I think that with these Once Upon a Time folks, we've heard Ginny sing a little bit and she can sing. You know, I would imagine that they all are actually pretty decent and they'll, I'm sure it would be handled very well. So I would love to see a musical episode. I think it'd be fantastic. We've actually heard her sing. In one yeah, of the episodes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We have heard her sing, so I know she can sing. Yep. Most of them can sing, and some of them are probably better than others. Mm. I mean, I'll be honest. The Grey's Anatomy, they had a couple of folks who are not the greatest singers. They're not terrible, but they're not the greatest singers. Right. But they kind of, they still managed to feature them a little bit kind of in the background. So yep. I'm not worried, though. I think most of our cast can actually sing pretty well. And April was wondering if the name Prince Neil means that Neil might come back somehow, mm, magically. If if Eddie and Adam are to be believed, Neil's not coming back. Yeah. I mean, we had a flashback of him. 
and we yeah. may get more flashbacks of him, but I do not believe he'll come back in the as you know current Neil. Yeah, as as much heat as they took on social media, and I try not to keep fully up with that, but there was a lot of heat about killing off Neil. Oh yeah, and I oh, think absolutely. after all the heat they took. You know, some may think, well, they may rethink it, bring it back. No, I, I think they'll think really hard about killing off another character in the future. But mm-hmm. I think they're going to, unfortunately, just hold to their decision. So anyhow, but I, I think it's a great way to memorialize someone. Sure. We're going to name it's our honor. child after you because you saved us. Your death will not be in vain. It's and a way I to think honor. That's wonderful. Yeah. People wonderful. do it all the time yeah. in their families. Yeah. They name their children after their grandparents, great grandparents, great, yeah. great, great grandparents, you yeah. know, parents, um, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, it, although it is kind of funny because I guess there's in um, certain, I want to say in the Jewish faith that it's actually bad luck to name a child after someone who's still living. So like, Typically, you won't see a child named after their parents, unless that parent is deceased. I cannot, I cannot say if that's true or not. But we do have pretty some great sure. folks that are Jewish that listen, yeah, so they I'm can. I'm pretty check sure into that's that the case. For us, it's thought to be bad luck, which, I, which again would fit with you know they mm-hmm. named him Neil after Neil of the Who died a hero, and I think that's you know, and I think he has special you know place in everybody's heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So Aubrey said there's three things that bugged her about the episode. Uh, She did not like that they brought back Robin's wife. We'll talk more about that as we go through. So I I think she brings up some really good points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, she says, I totally get that Regina will go through some kind of trial because love isn't easy, but this just makes it feel really awkward. It's almost like they were running out of ideas. So they decided to do this. And I, I mean, I think what we're seeing here is a duplicate of what happened with Catherine and Mary Margaret and David in season one. That's what I'm kind of yeah, seeing here. Right. But and, and maybe that's the case. Maybe it won't be that way. It, it's I mean, maybe it feels like that's what's going to happen. And we don't know what Robin's going to do. Well, OK, so we don't know what Regina's going to do. So let's let's go there. There's been a lot of people. We're talking about a lot of social media stuff. Sure. There's a lot of people that do not like this rushed, quote unquote, Robin, Regina romance, right? Mm -hmm. Relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I think what they're doing is saying, have you ever fell head over heels for somebody in the past? Mm -hmm. Just almost immediately. Oh, yeah. Just it just a whirlwind, right? Oh yeah. And then trouble comes. Sure. That's I think what we're seeing here. Absolutely. There's there's the initial kind of romantic feelings and butterflies and kissing in the hall and all this kind of stuff. Then the trouble starts. You find out more right. and more about this person and you go, Oh, I didn't know that. That drives me crazy. Or there's a problem, something. There are, there's a, I've heard people refer to it this way, where you, you know, you, the flames of passion are so hot and heavy, they burn real bright and Mm -hmm. real quick, and it's wonderful at first, but then you get too close to the fire, and you have to let the flames simmer in order for it to last. You can't have the, the rush of the flame forever. You just can't because it's too hot, too too much, and it, and then it, it burns everything up around it, right? So I think that's what happened is the you know the flames of passion for Robin and Regina were so. I mean, it started off sort of. 
it, it's funny to me. Everybody keeps saying, oh, it was so quick out of the blue. I'm like, really? Because they kind of dragged it out over a number of episodes. I mean, granted, it's not like, you know, the whole Rumple and the whole Rumple and, and Belle or Hook and Emma. Those just dragged out forever. But this one, it took them a few episodes to go well, through and show how they were kind of, you know, playfully. It was just the the slow burn's coming, <laughs> and, and I, I think the Excuse slow me. burn is upon right. us. And so now we're going to see this thing, well, you know, gradually come about. Right. You, I'm telling you. Right. So, and that's that's yeah. that's the key. So anyway, so the other thing Aubrey pointed out was she didn't like how they changed the past. I thought the pilot was so unique and it just hooked her the first time she watched it, but now it just feels wrong. So I, I think that's interesting because they didn't change the whole entire past. They changed certain points of it. And granted, I agree with her. It was just kind of like, wait, this isn't right. But I think it's interesting to see the little things they did change that still managed to come up the same. Do you know what I mean? Right. There are certain things about it that were, you know, it was just, I, it's just a different way of looking at the same basic stuff. I was interested if the same elements were there. Regina treated snow differently because she burned her at the stake. And she thought I she wonder, did. right. But and I wonder if that will change the relationship now. I don't know all. because she knew she knew when she stepped on the bug on the troll bugs that snow was still alive. So she she knew she didn't burn her at the stake. Okay. Right. So I think I think that, you know, all that did was just change a little memory, but okay. I don't think it changed how she how she reacted to her. True. I, I just, you know, that was kind of, for me, a huge difference between almost getting snow and then burning snow at the stake. That's huge. That's a huge difference. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I had my chance. So. Yeah, exactly. So, right. but yeah, that's interesting. Um, the last point that Aubrey brings up is Frozen. She says, this mainly was making me upset. Frozen hasn't been out for a whole year yet. Yet they're using it? I feel like the show has jumped a shark. It's my favorite show of all time, and I just hope they're careful. On a happier note, Prince Neil, no words, just perfection. So, yeah, the whole Frozen thing, I kind of agree because I'm thinking to myself, okay, usually you get things kind of, especially where Disney's related, um, you get stuff way later than, than the, than the, you know, event itself. And I'm thinking in terms of like parks, the parks don't always bring rides quite quickly enough. Oh, don't get me started. But yes, I totally agree. So, but with this, I think they're jumping on the frozen bandwagon only because they they clearly have an idea of where they want to go with it. I think that in some case, and I love the show. I love the creators. I think they're fantastic. I think they're, you know, very fascinating storytellers. But I think that they're also capitalizing on the frozen bandwagon because they can. Because I think they want to bring in more viewers. And I think yeah. if they pull frozen in, it's going to want to induce people to come. However, as oversaturated as the world is right now with frozen stuff it could backfire on them and i don't i don't and if they don't stick too closely to the story you know if they if they stray too far from the frozen movie story that could backfire on them as well i don't want to make this a three-hour no 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 no. podcast but i do want to say this is that some of the steps they've made are really bold steps and yeah i don't know you know 
I, I love the show, and it's not a kid show. No, it's not. And if they're trying to pull in kids that love Frozen, right? that may be a bit of an... We've had emails into this podcast right. about folks that are just like, this is not kid friendly. I saw, and I'm I'm reading. I'm going. Well, okay. I I see from your perspective. I get what you're saying. I'm enjoying it as an adult person, right? But kids, it's you know whatever. Would I want my so. you know five or six year old watching this show? No. I, I'm sorry, I wouldn't. I would yeah, not get, want my five know, or six year old to watch this show. A daughter killing her father and all these different exactly. things. And there's then, too many. There's too many things so. that are too grown up for a small child. But yeah. that's me. That right. is me. Yeah. Now, maybe if I had an opportunity to sit down and explain things to my child that was five or six, I could consider it. But again, I, maybe I'm just maybe I'm reading into it. But I would I would struggle with my five or six year old watching this show only because there are too many things in there that are above and beyond their head yeah on the flip side i can recall seeing things like this when i was you know very young and i didn't understand half of what i was watching at the time so maybe it wouldn't be such a big deal but I, I, one, look, i'm yeah, not a parent one more yeah please one more don't get thing. upset with me if you have five or six year olds that are watching the show okay I, that's no, your no, choice no. I, i'm just saying for me personally i don't know if i would be able to do it one more thing and then we'll move on is that I remember watching Snow White as a child mm-hmm. and we didn't see any hearts coming out of anybody's nope. chest. We saw a box. Right. We saw a queen saying, bring her heart to me in this. Right. I heard it. I, I I saw it on the screen. But now in this show, we actually see hearts coming out right. of people's chests right. and all that kind of thing. And so it's a different time. I get Very that. Very much so. You know, and and I think I think what Adam and Eddie are trying to do in their own way is kind of grow up the the perceivance of the audience. Of the, the the Disney audience is like family friendly entertainment, and it's like yeah, but there's adults that watch it too. So let's let's have a balance. Let's maybe kind of come forward into 2014. But anyway, uh, there's a lot of things to consider. Right. But all right, anywho. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Aubrey, for that. A lot of great points that, that yeah. we had a chance to discuss. Yeah. So uh, Aubrey was also wondering if they would visit Camelot mm. uh, in uh, season four. So I don't know. But see, I guess the question is, did her post about because she was thinking about would they name the baby Arthur? But really, it's Prince Neil. So I'm guessing that post came before the other one. Right. OK. Right. That was before we knew what the name was. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah, but Camelot would be a great option. I'd love to see them go to Camelot. So, I mean, like I said, there are a lot of stories that they haven't even touched on that they could very easily. And we'll just have to see where they go with it. And now they've got time travel out of the bag. It could get really interesting because they've got Jefferson's hat. Yep. And they got time travel. Wow. Okay. All righty. So Mai has posted some points on the blog post, on the blog. Mm -hmm, Thank you, Mai, mm -hmm. for visiting the blog. Nice. She revisited the uh, season three promo posters. And if you don't remember, each character had their own, pretty much all the characters had their own poster. Right, it was believe this, believe that. Believe that a pirate can be a hero. Believe that a lost girl can find her home. Those were... Her way home, yeah. Her way home. Those were for Hook and for Emma. And so the finale, that was perfect. Yes. Because it fulfilled those posters Mm -hmm. because Hook did become Emma's hero 
and she did find her way home. Multiple meanings of the word home, by the way. True. Yep. And the uh, Mai was really kind of looking at the final conversation outside of Granny's where <clears throat> Emma thanked uh, Killian for, and she called him Killian. Yeah, it's, she did. Yeah. She thanked him for coming to New York. And she's almost kind of making up for all those little snipey comments. Remember all yeah. those comments she oh, said? She had some she said, really you know, you, mean ones. You used me or you manipulated me and all this kind of stuff. And now she, she's realizing. She lashed out pretty yeah. hard with him. She yeah. hurt him. So, and he still loved her and he still went after her. Well, and he, I think he really went above and beyond. Mm-hmm. He he loves her. Right. But he was actually there for her parents. You know, it's really interesting. He, that, this, but that I whole... think it was, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was all of it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he really is a hero. Mm-hmm. I love it. Ugh, love it. So uh, Emma thanked him for coming to New York after all that uh, harangue that she mm-hmm. gave him. Mm-hmm. She asks him how, him how he did it. And he tells her how he outran the curse. And he says, I'm one hell of a captain. <laughs> and in the end, you know, now, of course, we know that he traded his ship, the Jolly Roger, for a portal bean yes. to get to New York. Yeah. You know, and, and whatever you think, would you give up what you treasure the most? You would for someone for, you love. Right. But I'm just, I mean, you know, making it personal. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, and also, uh, Mai was talking about it wasn't just his life. It was his home. Right. It was where the last memories of Mila and Liam are. That ship was very important. It wasn't just a, pl- a, a, a bit of transportation. You know, and yeah. we... There was a time when people named their cars. Oh, yeah. You know, this is whatever. This is whatever. And cars friend, were more yeah. important. When gas was cheaper, cars were much or more important. When you're, well, I noticed it more when, when I was younger. Yeah. I had friends who named their car Chuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just was random and weird. So, but, but Mai's bringing out all the memories associated with this ship. That's where the last memories of yeah. Mila were, Liam... Yeah. And he traded all of that in for Emma. And in a way, I think he was kind of giving all that revenge and vengeance and all that away, too. It's like, I'm letting it all go. Well, and the other thing, too, you know, that just sparked in my head was, you know, if you look at um, Pirates of the Caribbean, when the very first one, when Jack is explaining to Will you know, oh no, the pirate, the boat, the ship is, you know, the mast and sails, but that's what the ship is. But what it really means is freedom. Mm-hmm. And, or maybe he was explained to, uh, to Elizabeth Swan. I don't know. But anyway, point is, I think that Killian had the same thought process is that he was looking at his ship as freedom, freedom to do whatever the heck he wanted, freedom to do whatever. And I think he's saying, I'm willing to give all that up for you. Yep. To be a prisoner of love. Yep. There's so many other great points, and I will be uh, putting that <clears throat> oh, in yeah, the yeah. show notes. Yeah. Excuse me. And uh, so you can read that. Yep. Take a drink here. Okay. Looks like we had another comment on the blog post from Evil Panda. Yes. Okay. So um, 
This one's fairly short. I think I can read this. Um, hello, Jeff and Colleen. First of all, I want to say that I love your podcast and your inputs on each episode. And secondly, I would like to apologize in advance for this long email. So you could summarize it if you want. Um, anyway, I love the episode and the surprise ending, assuming that person in the surprise ending is who the majority of the fans think she is, but hated the not so surprising ending with Regina. I have two things that I wanted to get both of your opinions on. Maybe it's just because I've been team Regina since season one, but was I the only one that was wondering why Hook was giving Emma credit for everything that happened before the finale? I mean, if you think about it, Regina and Rumpel did most of the heavy lifting. Regina was the one who saved Henry and Neverland, saved the town from Pan's curse, broke Zelina's Snowing's curse, and stopped her. And Rumpel was the only one who killed, or was the one who killed both Pan and Zelina. All Emma really did was bring Henry back into town. Have Rumpel and Regina become the Iron Man and Hulk to Emma's Captain America? Um, also, did you catch a part where Snow mentioned Cora and Daniel during her scene with Regina? It sounded like Snow might have known about Cora killing Daniel, but I thought that Snow technically didn't even know the truth about what happened to Daniel until Regina tells her later in the timeline in An Apple Red as Blood. So the first point is, yeah, it is kind of interesting. I think the reason why <laughs> Hook was giving Emma credit was to build up her confidence so that right. she could do what she needed to do. Yeah. Because granted, excellent points that, yeah, Regina and Rumpel did do most of the heavy lifting. Regina is one who did break all the curses. She's the one who enacted, you know, snow, the reenacted the curse to, you know, protect them. And then she is the one who stopped Zelina. Rumpel did kill her. He killed Peter Pan. So yeah, Rumpel and Regina did do most of the heavy lifting when you think about it. But part of it is, is that, um, again, I think Hook was trying to give Emma the confidence so that she could do what she needed to do and get her magic um, to work. But Emma had really pivotal points. She did. Through she absolutely did. those situations. She lit the candle in the shadow attractor thing. The coconut. Right. Which mm -hmm. saved uh, Neil and Hook, by the way. Right. Right. And then also... She split Neil and Rumple by magic. Right. So there were there were certain moments that she had. I would consider a big part because when you use magic to fix something that invariably is going to, you know. Well, so. if you think about it, two cords are strong, but a braid is even stronger. Right. So she is the third piece of that braid that I think is is uh, you know key. Not to take any anything oh, away no, from Regina not and Rumpel, at all. Not the, the at points all. are well made. Oh, very but I'm, much. I'm just saying that you know sometimes when people look at business, right? Yeah, they, they look at the CEO. Well, you got this company through a rough point, and you well, you got through. And a good CEO will turn around and look at all the people who did the work and say, "No, we all did it, and they have just as much." you know, praise coming to them as me. So everyone had a part to play. I mean, yeah. heck charming. You know what I mean? Oh, we yeah. just name all the different, especially the Neverland piece. Oh dude. The, the they all <laughs> found their purpose. Right. And they all worked together. Yeah, yeah they did. And in a way it was the same thing with Oz, but anyway, no, no good points. Very though. good points. Now, as far as um, the whole snow mentioning Cora and Daniel during her scene with Regina, she that was the case I, I i kind of started thinking about that i'm not sure where in the timeline that was i would assume apple red as blood came after that i'd have to go back and look at that because honestly i can't recall 
I mean, she knew she did something because even when she met Charming, she said, Regina, she, she thinks she, um, I ruined her life. And he said, did you? And she said, yes. So she knew she had done something. And so I'm wondering if, if um, Apple Redda's blood technically took place before. I, I just can't recall. Well, she did mention, she said, I, I told us. And she, when she talked she to Regina, knew. I told the secret. You, come on. You need to. But anyway. All right. Well, that whole scene, she says, I, I didn't know your mother was going to, Cora was going to kill Daniel because right. I told her, you mm-hmm. know, that, that, so it was almost like she knew, but yeah, I'd have to go back and look at Apple Rota's blood just to kind of see that. Okay. But good points. Really good points. Thank you. Thank you. And now we move on to this. Hi, Captain. I see some email coming our way. Take it away first, mate. Oh, all righty. Here's an email from Amy, and she says, I'm one of the odd ones that is excited about the season four being Frozen, but I do not think it will be Frozen as we know it. Frozen was very loosely based on a fairy tale titled The Ice Queen, and I think they will more likely use that. The way they can get username recognition from... That way they can use the name recognition from Frozen to draw new viewers and still have a morally gray Elsa without making Disney's Elsa evil. I'm sure they will have a lot of Disney Frozen jokes uh, like they did with Ariel, but I think or hope that that's about as far as they go with it. Love the show. Amy, thank you, Amy. And um, yeah, I, I've heard it titled Snow Queen, Ice Queen, probably, but I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be Frozen as we know it. They may pull in like little asides like they did with Ariel. Uh, But even Ariel doesn't follow completely closely to the original, you know, Little Mermaid movie doesn't follow as closely to the original fairy tale anyway. So we may see that they'll pull elements from both in there. Bill either. I think think all these characters have a lot of adventure in them and and possibilities to really step outside of their character, which I think is exciting and fun. Yeah, so I think what's interesting is we're expecting a new bad person, a new baddie. But what's funny is I think we're going to have a misunderstood character who's going to be perceived as bad but really won't be. So I agree with her having that morally gray Elsa without making her completely evil. So Lori sent an email, and Lori agrees with you, Colleen. She said, I already hate Marion on the same level that Colleen hated Tamara in the Neverland season. <laughs> she says, I just want her gone. <laughs> yep. I, I think there's many folks that are with you on that, especially after watching that final, the finale episode. It's like, yeah. What? Well, they, so. as we had kind of mentioned, we knew that with Regina being so happy, we knew unhappiness was around the corner. And, and you know, it is interesting to watch an episode when something happy happens right after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's something not. Oh, yeah. And, and there's some kind of twist. I've never seen Regina look happier. That smile was so big walking down the street. You know, obviously, there's probably been other moments. Like, I, right. just, I just foil Rumpel's right. plan, smile. Okay. Right. But anyway. Lori did actually say to, um, at the end, when Regina confronted Emma... And said, let's just hope that that's all you brought back. My first thought was that she was implying that Emma needs to hope that by bringing Marion back and causing her to lose Robin, that this does not bring back the evil queen. So that statement may have had a double meaning. Yeah. And that's a very, very good 
point because there is a possibility Regina could revert back to evil queen ways. I'm hoping not just because I would really like to see that the, all this work they've done in the last three seasons to redeem Regina's evil ways is not undone like that. Yeah. Plus, and this was brought up in um, some other form. I don't even know where I heard this or read it or whatever, but I did, you know, make a note of it too, when I was watching that they didn't play evil queen music when Mm -hmm. she made that statement. And if she had meant for it to be a double meaning, I would think they would have played the evil queen music. Mm -hmm. Maybe not, uh, you know, to throw us off. But I'm hoping, 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 hoping that they leave the Evil Queen in the past where it belongs. Yeah, Lori also was thinking about <clears throat> if they did bring back certain things, she's trying to think of evil sorceresses, witches that would be associated with ice. And it was mentioned that when Glinda was banished north and they went through the door, it looked like Narnia. And she wondered if the queen will be from that land. Right, but then I think she also sent another email, and she realized, and guests were getting frozen. She mm-hmm. realizes yep. we're getting frozen, so it's um, oh, and she even says it's a new experience for her and her friends that watch this, as none of them have seen Frozen. Oh my goodness, you need to see Frozen. Yeah, you need to rent it, go do buy it, do whatever you need to do. You need to see it. Yeah, it's amazing. She asked um, <laughs> for a hiatus update. So, um, I, we'll see. Yeah, we might cover it in the podcast we're doing, oh, maybe, yeah. possibly. That's a possibility, too. Could be. That's a very real possibility. But for sure, you know, take a dive in, take a rent, check yeah. it out. So Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then she, in her original email before that one, she had said, you know, try to think of fairy tale lands and we've done enchanted forest, Neverland and Oz. I had the same thing. She says, I don't think we'll have wonderland because we've actually done wonderland too very briefly, but we've done wonderland and Agrabah since they did that in the once upon a time wonderland series. So Narnia seems to be like a good land to go to. I don't know if they'll go to go with the frozen angle, but anyway, interestingly enough, I do wonder what other lands because we, we already kind of have been a little bit to the Mulan Hmm. Um, land as well and Narnia seems to be a good option that'd be real interesting to pull out yeah um not sure what rights they have to get for Narnia since that's C.S. Lewis and not Disney although they may have access to it I don't know but bottom line is there's a ton of other fairy tale lands that possibly could be pulled into this and some from maybe even lesser known fairy tales I'd kind of like to see them pull some lesser known fairy tales in That'd be real interesting. I mean, Catherine and Frederick, I know nothing about that fairy tale. Right. But that was something they kind of sort of pulled in a little bit. They've also pulled Greek mythology in, too. And it'd be interesting to see them pull more Greek mythology. Olympus would be a great place to go. Yep. I'm just saying. Well, it, it, to me, there was a lot of missed opportunities with Oz. I was really interested with the whole Sister Witch thing and the whole heart oh, of Oz yeah. and the whole inner workings of Oz and all, all stuff. Yeah. Thanks so much, Lori. Yeah, thank you. you know, I mean, the bottom line: C.S. Lewis is probably one of the most revered writers of, you know, classic fiction. It was just, you know, it's just the way it is. So, why not go there? It'd be interesting. All right. Uh, so, Mai has sent an email, and mm-hmm. she brought in some points about the bromance, the Captain Charming. 
Yes. And I did look at that scene again when Charming was talking to Hook. And then he uh, he said, I go to the ends of the world for her or time. And Charming uh, was giving him his blessing unknowingly. And Killian's, I hope you remember that. Because <laughs> th- that whole discussion well, about, yeah. well, no, I mean, because Hook's like, no, I, I don't think she really cares about me anymore. And well, well, he said, he said, I don't know. Yeah. And he said, well, after uh, all you've done family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's, what's, you know, what's the impediment? What's holding you back? And then yeah. there's a family and he goes, well, I just don't think her parents approve of me. And then right. that was when the whole conversation happened. And I love the fact that he gave him his blessing basically without realizing that's what he was doing. Yeah. So it was a very cute, funny scene. There's a lot, a lot to that, you know, and to me, being brutally honest, the whole Back to the Future similarity kind of bugged me the first time I watched it. But the second time I watched it, I was like, I got more and more immersed in the story. And things like that, mm-hmm. the blessing in the past, yeah, he got it. Yeah. Even though it wasn't like official in the present time. Right, right. I, I thought those little things, those touches were, were great. And it really, it, it, it held to the characters more than just some story. What would have been interesting is if they, when they were reviewing the book again and had seen that Emma was now in there and wait, you're princess Leia. Yeah. What would have been interesting is for charming to have kind of recalled that and made a comment about it. That would have been kind of funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd been funny if he would have turned a hook and looked at him and said, it's still okay. Remember? Yeah, I think that would have been interesting. But I think Hook Hook was already outside at that point in time. But I think it would be really funny for him to eventually remember that and say, oh, that was you. Okay. And then remember the conversation. All right. Uh, So the rescue scene was perfect because it reminded us while Emma can save herself, Killian will also come back for her. He will always come back for her. Yeah. Uh, and Hook and Emma reminded me of Regina and Robin, <clears throat> in that Robin was always finding his place in the adventure and not pulling the, hey, 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 I'll save you. You yeah. know, it, it's, a, it's a new world. It's a new time. And so these guys, they really love these ladies. Sure. But they don't say, oh, no, no, you have to go to safety all you know yeah. no 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 where do i where do i fit into this exactly Just tell me where to stand tell me what to do and i'll do it because we're going to do this together and that's empowering to me it is well so. i like the fact that they are you know charming hook robin they're all you know respecting their strong powerful women yeah and while they want to save them they're always there to to be supportive and i i think that's fantastic and I always love the little interplay and the little kind of comments back and forth because it, it it's a different time, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah. and you know, if you're going to hang around Regina, you're going to play by Regina's rules, right. and you cannot you cannot pull rank with her. Nope. You've got, so anyhow, I, I think I think it was a very interesting interesting way to kind of bring it about just a little yeah. the funny those funny comments about before going in the traps and all oh, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, don't get in my way and oh, I'll, I'll be back here so <laughs> but uh, my also brought out the fact of uh, emma 
looking and watching and being powerless to save her mother being burned at the stake. Oh, yeah. You know, we know later on that that was kind of the pivotal thing is after she came back from the dead that she hugged her and uh, Snow did not know her. Yeah. And she said, well, that's what I've been doing to them for years. For the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. And but it was uh, it was a pivotal thing. And it was uh, my pointed out that Hook pulled her in on his shoulder to cry. Oh, yeah, immediately. Right. It wasn't like, right. a, you know, oh, and he didn't like pat her on the shoulder and he didn't, he he mm-hmm. grabbed a hold of her. He instinctively, protectively held her knowing that it was going to be the most difficult thing ever for her to have to watch. Yeah. He, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful love story, if you ask me. I know people don't like it, but you know what? <clears throat> I'm sorry. It's a beautiful love story. Every time there's a choice made, somebody's not going to like it. Oh, sure. doesn't matter what it is. Sure. Anything. I know. I so. know. Anyway, but yeah, that was, a, that was a very difficult scene to watch. That was really, really kind of tough. And when we watched it again, now that we're kind of, sorry, we're going to take a little sidestep from my email here. When we were watching it again this time, I happened to notice that they zoomed in on the the vial, the heart-shaped vial, which, by the way, no, we never really talked about the f- mm-hmm. fact that it was heart-shaped. The vial of fairy dust the bad dark fairy dust, yeah. dark fairy not bad dark fairy dark fairy dust when when they zoomed in on it i was like the first time i saw it i'm like oh okay that's nice it didn't dawn on me they gave us a huge massive clue about what was to, what was about to happen because she there was a little tiny bit left in the bottom of it yep so at some point in time between that point and when she was had her hands bound up at the top she pulled the rest of that dust out and had it in her hand. Mm-hmm. When right before the fireball hit, you can see they zoomed the camera in on snow and on her hands, her hands wiggled a yep. little bit above yep. her head. That was her dropping the fairy dust on herself. So that when the fireball hit, she was already flown away and gone. And I bet if we really watched that in slow motion, we probably could see a little teeny tiny hint of that. Because you could see her flying around as a, as a ladybug, you know, when she was flying around Killian's face. So I'm kind of interested to see if they had like a little bit of that in that. If you watch it in slow motion, you can see it anyway, but back to the, back to the email. Yeah. My, uh, had some great points about outlaw queen. Uh, she's trying to calm us down after I must've sounded, oh, I was kind of down at the ending yeah. of, of the finale. Yeah. But, um, uh, my said, guys, this is actually a good thing. I've been saying this since outlaw queen got together it was too fast, too easy. I knew the angst was coming. Yep. Every other couple has had to face obstacles. Rumbell, Snowing, Captain Swan has had troubles since they met back in early season two. And it was obvious that they would get angst too. True love isn't easy, but it must be fought for. The course of true love never did run smooth. This is giving them both a chance to prove their love can withstand the obstacles and it will be beautiful. So thank you very much. I would agree. I would agree. I like the fact that she also brought up in her email that um, Emma saved an innocent woman from a probably horrible death, not because she was trying to be the savior, but because she is her parents' daughter and she's a good person who would never leave an innocent to die. So, you know, and then, and then Mike goes on and says, I have faith in Regina. She's going to realize that Emma did the right thing and she didn't throw a fireball. So that's progress. And that's a huge, big deal. The the thing I thematically, not to downplay what Mai just said, but right. thematically, the 
Savior did save someone's life. Absolutely. But in doing that, going against what Hook said, going against what Rumpel said, did have devastating effects. So sometimes being you and doing what you are good at and doing what destiny says you're to do is problematic. Sure it is. Because how do you mess with it? Her destiny is to be the savior, but then Marion's destiny was to die. So which destiny rules? You watch. uh, Hook will tell Emma that. Yeah. Uh, Or, you know, we've talked about that maybe Marion will understand that and say, I need to make a choice. Maybe there's a portal to send her back. And maybe only she can make that choice to say, look. I don't think so. I think we're going to find out that Robin and Robin's going to have a really tough time making a choice between the two. Because I think he really does love Regina. But he's also, you know, he loved Marion before he loved Regina. So now he's got both women in his heart. What's he going to do? They they really clued us in. If you watch the beginning of Snowdrifts, his speech about his wife. Mm-hmm. It was there. This is not any kind of sneaky thing that they're no, trying to yeah. whatever. He goes, I would walk through hell right, to be reunited, however he said that. Right. But, uh, so we may see that she something happens to her. And maybe this time it really is. Because, okay, let me also go. Here's a little prediction. He mentioned that her death was his fault. Right. Okay. That was in the past. But we saw it wasn't his fault. We don't we don't see that it's his fault. How was it his fault that she knew where Snow was and didn't say anything? How was that her, his fault? Uh, I think I think that what's going to happen is she is going to die in sometime in season four, and it will be his fault that she okay. dies. All and right. that's not going to be an easy path for Regina and him to get back together because he's going to be grieving. So I still think we're not going to see them getting back together anytime soon. But I will I will say I predict that Marion will die and it will be Robin's fault and he will have a tough time with it. And Regina will have to be the one to quietly comfort him and help him realize that it was, you know, there was nothing to be done for it. It was, you know, whatever. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And maybe it won't really be his fault, but he will believe that it is his fault. And she'll have to figure out a way to kind of explain to him that, you know, and, and I, I think there's going to be a conflict. I right. really do. And I think okay. that eventually he and Regina will end up but I, I think it's going to have to be at the cost of Marion's life. And again, I think there's going to be a, a, a something that's going to create a, a, a problem so that he has a tough time maybe forgiving Regina for something. And then eventually he'll, he'll get it. I, I, I just, I don't, right. I, I, that's what I'm saying. That's my official prediction. Okay. There will be squalls ahead, it appears. There will right. be squalls ahead. This is an email from Chuck. Ahoy, Jeff, Colleen, and Lady. The season finale was great. It's great to see that Emma finally feels she has a home. What a long journey to get to this point. <clears throat> point. <laughs> Regina has also been on a long journey and appears up until the last five minutes of the show. Had everything she wanted, family and love. But of course we need drama, so why not throw a monkey wrench into Regina's happy ending by bringing Robin's wife into the story. Poor Regina. I agree. Mm-hmm. I really can't see Regina slipping back into her old evil ways, so it will be interesting to see how this plays out. Yep. Emma appears happy now, as she has a home, a family, is in the book, and has her man, Hook. It was nice to see her smiling at the end. 
it doesn't seem she gets to do that that much. And that's true. Or uh, Regina, too, by the way. I was thinking about season three overall, and I still believe the number one biggest moment reveal had to be the scene where Malcolm transforms into his younger self and is revealed to be Peter Pan. His poor little Rumple watches on. Wow, that was a heart-wrenching and a huge heart-wrenching scene and a huge surprise. My favorite Regina quip of the season and what you'll win her over with your rainbow kisses and unicorn snick stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try that again. And what you'll win her over with your rainbow kisses and unicorn stickers. Right. <laughs> Very nice there you done. go. Better. Classic Regina, and I couldn't imagine anyone else delivering that line other than Lana. True. Very true. Season four is looking to be really cool. <laughs> but I'm... Summer's almost here, so put your toes in the sand, kick back, and enjoy some cocktails. Yes, sir. Or pirate rum. Eh, even better. <laughs> With good friends. Cheers, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck, Thanks, so Chuck. much for that. Great points. Yep. For sure. This is from Marilyn, and I will let Colleen read oh, the email from Marilyn. You will? Okay. That's very nice of you to let me read it. <laughs> I figure we tag in and out. Oh, kind of like, you know. It's fun. All right. So from Marilyn. Hello, Jeff and Colleen. I believe Adam and Eddie used their own version of follow the lady misdirection on us in these final two episodes. I was totally focused on trying to figure out who the mystery woman Emma saved could be. I just assumed... Assumed. There you wow. go. <laughs> wow. It happened. It's, it's catching. I just assumed she was going to be vital to, in the story of whoever was going to be the next big, big bad to face our storybook characters next season. So I never really paid much attention to the significance of the urn hook picked up. In fact, even after viewing the episode a second time, I did not see that urn get pulled off the table and into the portal. Neither did we. When we got the shot of it laying in the dirt in the barn and popping open to release the liquid inside, I was definitely surprised that the apparent villain had nothing to do with the mystery lady. And even more so when I realized who the new character would be, since I would never have guessed they would go with so recent a Disney character as Elsa. But it makes perfect sense for them to do so when they can capitalize on the current popularity of Frozen and possibly pull in more viewers and higher ratings for once. And I agree. I had to laugh when you called the liquid blue character the blue Terminator in your podcast because, frankly, that is exactly what it looked like to me as well. I assume the CGI artists were trying to go for a look of water on the point of freezing, but I don't think they quite succeeded. True, true. It was supposed to be liquid state until it formed into, like we said, Terminator. It really did look like Terminator. After the episode aired, I finally watched Frozen. Hate to say it, but I was underwhelmed by the movie's music. (gasps) The way the lead female characters were drawn and the fact there's no memorable evil villain. Seriously? Well, they were Hans. villains, but it was... Yeah. Oh, no. He was very two, memorable. Two guys. Yeah. And that was the twist. Yeah, that was the point. Right. I could go on, but that's for a different podcast. Right. <laughs> True. My main point is, in the movie, Elsa is not an evil character, just a sad, misunderstood girl who shuts herself off from her sister in the world. So if Eddie and Adam are setting her up to be the next big bad to set foot in Storybrooke, are they going to put a different spin on her character to take her to the dark side as they did with Peter Pan? I would say from the way she ripped off those blue gloves and flicked out her hand with a spurt of ice, she's none too happy. So Storybrooke is in for a long, cold, and icy winter. Mm-hmm. And I would agree with you to the point where I believe she's going to be very misunderstood. I think they're going to go with that whole, she's misunderstood. She's not evil. She's misunderstood. Because, again, she came from Rumpel's dark right. vault sure, full of things that are un 
predictable. What if it's kind of like pushing daisies in that she is kind of a captive person? She can't touch anything because of her. Well, she knows she can't. Right. And that's why and, she wears the gloves. And that's, and that's what I'm saying is it's the same kind of idea is you, you can't really live when you have gloves on and you're afraid to go out mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. Sure. So, I mean, may, again, I'm, I'm, I'm warming up to the idea. She, my, so. my guess is she knows Rumpel kept her there. Yeah. So she's coming after Rumpel. Yeah. That's what I believe. Oh, dear Moses, this is what's going to happen. She's going to go after Rumpel because Rumpel kept her prisoner in the vault. Right. She's going to try and um, do something, and Belle's going to try and use the Rumpel dagger to stop him from doing something to Elsa. And it won't work. And it won't work, and that's how she's going to find out. Wow. Very good. Just a prediction. Very good. Um, Back to Marilyn's email. Note to Jeff, not that I'm pushing for a musical episode, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer did a great one to – or did one to a great effect. So that's what I keep hearing. Yeah. So, so if Jane's involved, I'm pretty sure it's going to be good. Uh, even though you said you were disappointed at the ending, Jeff, happy endings make for boring storylines. So they have to write conflicts and roadblocks for our characters in order to keep things exciting and us tuning in every week. I know I'm better now. Let's yes. bring on the problems. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that was basically her thing. Oh, let me finish. Finally, I really want to thank you, Jeff and Colleen, for all of your efforts to put out such an enjoyable and inter- entertaining podcast. Well, thank you. Nowadays, everyone leads very hectic lives so, lives, so for you to make the time and the work to put out a twice-weekly podcast for us once fans is very much appreciated. Your podcast adds so much to my enjoyment of the show. I do so look forward to hearing not only you, Jeff and Colleen, but also fans like Brad and Mai, who always have such thoughtful and humorous comments to add. Thank you. Have a wonderful summer. And I'm sure we will all be waiting in great anticipation for the next season of Once. That's such a long time to wait for me to wait for my hook fix. Your Captain Swan shipping podcast fan, Marilyn. And her first mate, her first mate, Max, sends his regards to Lady. Yeah, so, the wonderful picture aw. of Max in his pirate garb. Oh, cute. It's really, it's really great. Cute. So. I agree with her. It's, it's a long time to wait for a Captain, Captain Hook fix. I love my Captain I miss my captain already. Thank but, you, Marilyn. But thank so you, Marilyn. So. Yes, and um, and as we revealed at the beginning of the show, we will be doing the hiatus podcast. Yep. Though it's not specifically geared towards Hook necessarily, no. but there may know. be a Hook somewhere in there somewhere. Oh, there might possibly. Be. There might possibly be a Hook. But it was so nice um, uh, spending some time meeting up again with mm-hmm. Marilyn at the uh, expo. That was really cool. WonderCon, and so that's what's nice about living close to Disneyland is, yeah. you know, if you guys, you know, get the chance to visit and you give us a hey, you know, yeah. want to come over and meet up with you a little bit, and yeah, if you ever come so. to Disneyland, just send us a little note and say hey, if you're around, yeah. maybe we'll get an opportunity if we're not crazy busy, and we'll come say hello. Yeah. All right. This email is from Brad. It says, hey, Jeff and Colleen. It's a bittersweet moment as we say goodbye to season three. Here are the things I learned in the episode, There's No Place Like Home. Number one, it's all about the tumblers, baby. <laughs> and it, I was thinking about this. Snow used rocks. She was trying to break the lock. And Emma looked down and saw the spoon with the... Which I thought was interesting pretty- that they used wire to make the spoon they couldn't make one piece that was really convenient yeah I'm not i noticed really. that today 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. Number two, the caterers who were hired to cook the mutton for the ball need to be fired. <laughs> yes, I agree. The chef was apparently not paying a whole lot of attention. Maybe was it? it was. Maybe it was. Uh, oh, what's his name? The chef from Little Mermaid who's chasing the crab around the the kitchen. I have no. That's idea. why the mutton they just need got to hire. They just need to hire Ratatouille. Just get them in there. You know what they do. They so, need to hire Remy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. Number three, a man should never be deprived of a dashing rescue. <laughs> well, but if you got a strong savior woman there, you know, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, so. there you have it. Number four, don't upset Snow while she's carrying small or sharp objects. No, oh, don't do it. No. Mm-mm. Ever. Mm-mm. I still remember the, the episode where she took all those knives out of her <laughs> cloak. And <laughs> it's like, you know, hold on, hold on. I'm almost there. 31, 32, <laughs> 30, wait, wait, wait. 35. You know? <laughs> yep. Number five, the blue fairy is fluent in bug. That's yes. true. Well, you know, some characters can speak animal languages. So makes sense that the blue fairy would be fluent in bug. All right, number six, someone needs to make Marion quietly disappear. Maybe Ashley Boyd can help her out with that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yes, indeed. She just needs to take a car out toward the edge of town. No, nah, the curse is It doesn't not there work anymore. anymore? No, it doesn't work uh, anymore. Well, then we're going to have tour buses <laughs> with people with cameras. And this is the evil queen. I mean, this is Regina. <laughs> this is Mr. The mayor. Gold. Mm-hmm. Rumpelstiltskin, everybody. All right, number seven, it takes a hell of a captain to outrun a curse. That's true. Yes, it does. That's true. Number eight, hitting a person in the head with a log is the quickest way to end a disagreement <laughs> and cause somebody to rest. You know what? I was, I thought resting. that was hilarious. Oh, she's, she's just resting. Yep. <laughs> and he didn't even like bat an eye at that. I think that was hilarious. All right, number nine, snow has been cursed, poisoned, stabbed, and set on fire by Regina. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. She needs she's a purple the, heart. She's or the Cartman of, um, or no, Kenny. She's the Kenny of, yeah. <laughs> from South Park. They killed of Kenny the again. <laughs> they killed Snow again. Yeah. Well, she didn't kill her any right. of those times. Other than the, she didn't kill her any of those times. That's right. the, wow. Snow's actually very magical. She's got then. longevity. She does, man. Longevity. Yeah. She does. She's immortal. Well, well theoretically, yeah. if you can't kill her, right? Yeah. That's kind of funny. She's in the class with Malcolm. Yeah. All right, number 10. Elsa doesn't look like she's in Storybrooke to build a snowman. That's true. Well, she might build a snowman, but not the way you want her to. Nope. And not for fun, I'm sure. And I, I don't know. Even though she's got a lot in common with Frozone, I don't know. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, Frozone dude. happened by? Oh, dude. Oh, really? That's all you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Observations. Emma stated in Snowdrifts that she didn't see herself in the book. Only fairy tales. It was awesome to see that by the end of There's No Place Like Home, she actually found her place in the book in more ways than one. Yep. And then she has to pay Lucasfilm <laughs> rights to the name. Nope. Well, Disney owns Lucasfilm. Emma does, though. Well, she has to Emma. write a check. Oh, no. She doesn't. Dear George Lucas. Here is your ten bucks no. or more. No, uh, that's right. It all goes back into the same pot. It goes in the same kitty. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, Hook has been in Storybrooke since season two, yet he has no idea who Ruby is when confronted 
by I would have told him who it was. Well, Guarantee wait, did he you not that. know who she was? I thought it was it was um, charming that asked her, "Who are you?" No, it was no. was it Hook? Mm-hmm. When uh, confronted hmm. by her in the enchanted forest, he should have slipped up like Emma did when she saw Belle and Regina. So, yeah. Hmm. Regina says, you better hope to hell you didn't bring anything else back. Just a coincidence of words. Oh, else, yeah. Else. Else back. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a nice big clue. That Brad's a sly guy. Oh, isn't he? That, yep. He's very clever. Yep. Speaking of Elsa, I believe that she will be a villain, but not because she wants to be. She was trapped in Rumpel's vault, which is where he kept the magic that was too dark and unpredictable. I don't know about her being too dark, but definitely unpredictable and misunderstood. If she lived a life of concealing her powers and hiding her feelings, then this may be the first time she is free. Sorry, Brad. I didn't mean to step on this. I'm sorry. I just... Anyway, great minds think alike. Now in the future, with no family, who can she trust? She may appear to be a villain who is actually trying to protect herself. I'm looking forward to seeing how Frozen is woven in. I think it's a perfect storyline for Once Upon a Time. The wand that Cinderella's fairy godmother had was the one taken by Robin and Lacey. It also has been in many other scenes, including Gold's Dream, when he used it to turn Henry into porcelain. However, it was not the wand given to Emma by Rumpel. That was actually the Black Fairy's wand. That's true. We got hmm. wands all over. We got well, sure. daggers and wands. and Hi, Blue has her own wand. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. A lot of people think that having Marion in the jail cell with, was inconsistent with the story. This incorrect, They incorrectly believe that Marion died because of her sickness. What actually happened was, while Marion was pregnant, Robin stole a wand from Rumpel's castle to heal her. This would be the wand from the episode The Price of Gold. She delivers Roland, but somehow dies years later, which Robin says is his fault. Hmm. Huh. I need to go back and watch some of these there, episodes. There, because there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Exactly. Sure. So, That's my point. Okay. If you downloaded the episode... Epi- if you downloaded the episodes from iTunes, the opening card for Snowdrifts and There's No Place Like Home both show Zelina's time portal, but the live version had a swan title in between both episodes. Hmm. That's what we saw in the DVR. Yeah. Yeah. When I first saw Gold and Belle's wedding, I was so distracted by him lying to Belle that I looked right past a wedding and didn't appreciate it at all. I was frustrated with him and thought the wedding was just a show. It wasn't until I went back and watched it a second time that I realized their wedding vows were being visualized by each couple. The way Rumpel and Belle looked at each other made me realize he really meant the words he said and may even be ashamed of what he has done. The vows, the beautiful music, and the happy couples would have been a perfect place to end the season, but the show needed a hook to lead into season four. Mm-hmm. We all know that Michael Socha. Saka. Saka. I'm going to Saka you <laughs> don't if you don't Saka get it right. me. <laughs> oh my gosh. We all know that Michael Saka, a robota. <laughs> what? It's getting late now. I mean, it's not even it's, late. No, I know, but I mean, this is it's a long late. episode. Yeah, it is. Hang in there, people. 
we all know that Michael Soka will be Soka. <laughs> <Dude>, seriously? <laughs> okay. Less than thirty seconds and you can't remember I know, I Sokka? Can't. Sorry, Michael. Oh whatever your name is. <laughs> I am not wearing any Sokas. You are not wearing any Sokas. <laughs> we all know that Michael Saka will be in season four. My thoughts are that he may first appear in flashbacks to Robin's backstory that bring him into the present. Uh, that's a great theory. I really like Dave from Michigan's theory on your Kansas podcast about how Emma would change something in the past and it would affect the future, such as Henry never being born or Graham still being alive. Rumpel called it the ripple effect. This is where a small change in one point can result in large differences in a later state. It was weird that after all the things they've changed, everything was back the same when they got back. So in essence, there really was no ripple effect at all. It's one big part of the Back to the Future I really wish that they had included because there were so many different ways they could have went with it. Yeah, but no, 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 no. There was a change. Okay. The ripple... Okay, they changed stuff up to a point and then they didn't have to mess any further because they left that point. So the the only ripple effect was getting them to the point where Snow and Charming separated and walked opposite direction. Okay. Everything after that point happened the way it did originally. Okay. But what I think Brad's saying though, is it would have been fun for kind of like what I was inferring is that Regina may be looking differently at snow. Possibly. You know, and that's what he's talking about. And maybe what if, you know, what if somebody what if hook left a big bag of gold next to Archie Hopper or, or, or something. And, and, and now he's like a rich guy living in a, yeah, and I think that's what he's talking about. Possibly. It could have been fun. That could have been fun. But I think I, I interpreted that maybe he was saying, hey, there was no ripple effect because it didn't really change anything. Right. They the, did. They just changed some of the minor details. Right. But, I mean, I, I see what he's saying. It's just they actually – things did change, but it was the Marion change, right? Right. Bringing the Marion, Marion the, back. That's, that's a huge the big, change. That's a huge change. But it would have been fun uh, unwittingly doing certain things along the way that – Okay. Yeah. So. And I and I will point this out. We only saw one little tiny, the very first ripple effect, which yeah. is Marion. Right. How when you when you throw a stone in a pond, the ripple effect is multiple rings, and they're not close together necessarily. True. Right. So once that ripple effect, we've only seen the first ring of the ripple. Right. What's the second ripple effect? I think what, what he's talking goes about. That? I think what he's talking about, it would have been nice to have. I understand like, what you're like saying. Ended. Totally get what you're yeah. saying. I'm saying we have only seen the first ring of the ripple. The next season, we may see multiples of what you're talking about. Okay. Other effects that we didn't see up front. So to. Because do I don't want to beat the. Yeah. To build on that one more time is that Regina's saying, what else did you. Exactly. Right? That's referring to kind of what we're talking about. Exactly. Okay. All right. Yes. Yes. Uh, I can't see Robin leaving Marion, but I also can't see him just leaving Regina. Maybe we'll finally get the love triangle <laughs> we were cheated out of with Hook and Neil. Boy, brother, I you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we've barely survived this far. 
I don't want another triangle. Oh my God. Okay. I read the email, but I'm telling you, boy, just stay off of social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't ever. Whew, yeah. Yeah. Don't follow like Adam and, and read through all his. Oh my oh, gosh. That poor man gets attacked. Like okay. Crazy. Anyway, we, we will continue. I thought the baby being named Neil was very appropriate. Neil saved the town and the baby's life. This was a great way to honor him and make sure the ultimate sacrifice would never be forgotten. Yep. Totally agree. Theories. The fate of Maid Marian. Number one, what if Zelina was somehow able to stay alive and was transported into Marian's body? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. According to the guys, she was dead, dead. (laughs) I know. Seeing as how Regina ruined her plans, she may have went for the next best thing. Sweet revenge. All right, number two, Neil told Emma there was no coincidences. Everything happens by design, and there's nothing we can do about it because forces greater than us conspire to make it happen. Regina and Robin are soulmates, and we are supposed they are supposed to be together before they were supposed to be together before he met Marion this time in this episode at the end. No, no, I'm thinking that when Regina saw him in the tavern, he wasn't with Marion at that point. Oh, all right. That's what I think he's referring to. Okay. So whether it was fate or destiny, something caused Marion to lose her life so that Regina and Robin could be together. Now that the past has been changed, the forces that be must put things back the way they were meant to happen. A flying monkey, a porcelain statue, or a being turned into a bug, all would suffice. So he's basically saying Marion needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people are saying that. Mary needs to go. Yep. I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you as sure as I'm sitting here, something will happen this season that will cause Marion to die in some fashion. I don't know. Okay. Maybe Elsa will freeze her. I don't know. I, I don't know. But something will happen and it will cause her to lose her life and Robin will blame himself for it, even though it may not be his fault. Or maybe he has some indirect, you know, point in it. I, I just, I still love Regina's big smile walking down the street at the end of that episode with uh, Roland and um, Robin. Mm-hmm. Just really, really great. Burning questions. Why did Robin need a second chance? Was this something that Marion will have a hard time forgiving him over? Don't know. Be interesting. We are led to believe that Regina killed Marion, but wouldn't Robin know that? How did Marion actually die and was Robin really to blame? See? So. Just saying. Yep. Maybe he lied. <gasps> Maybe he lied to Regina about because he knew that Regina did kill Marion. Hmm. He lied about her dying when Roland was little. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's the story he tells everyone because, you know, it sounds better than the evil queen killed my wife. We shall see. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. Brad, for yep. that email. Hi, yep. Captain. I think we may have some voicemails coming our way. Watch it. Careful. Step over here. Mm-hmm. Downwind. Oh. oh. I keep hating. I hate that we have to fix that deck every time. Clean up on deck two. <laughs> okay. Repair on deck two. All right. Here we go. Are you ready there, Sippy? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's no place like home is right. Wow, what an amazing season three finale. 
Hello, mates. This is Brad with my thoughts on There's No Place Like Home. The way Emma's attitude has been for the second half of Season 3 was completely understandable once I saw this finale. Emma never felt like Storybrooke was her home, and it was awesome to see that her definition of what a home is came from Neil, and how his words of wisdom helped her to realize what her true home was. After alternating the history of how her parents met, Emma watches in shock as Snow is put to death by Regina. You've changed things. What have you done? It was at this moment that Emma realized her true feelings for Snow, and the emotions of hopelessness and guilt filled her heart. When it was revealed that Snow was alive, Emma was so thrilled, but she sees nothing in her mother's eyes. Later, in a gut-wrenching scene, Emma reveals to Hook that this is what she has been doing to her parents since she met them. Upon returning to Storybrooke, Emma can't wait to see her parents, as she genuinely calls them mom and dad and tells them, I missed you. I'm so happy we got to experience this emotional roller coaster with her as she found herself and what her family actually meant to her. It was some fantastic character development. We also got to see her finally lower her walls and open up to Hook. She has been lying to herself for a while about her true feelings for him. So to see her break down after he says he sold his ship to get back to her was worth the wait and well earned. Jennifer Morrison's acting was outstanding. She restored my faith in her character and reminded me once again of all the reasons I fell in love with her. When I first saw the woman in the cell with Emma, I thought it was Rapunzel. But when I saw her up close, I knew immediately it was Maid Marian, and my heart sank because I knew exactly where the story was heading and that it wouldn't be good for Regina. Although the episode was amazing, this feeling of dread was in the back of my mind the whole second half, which made it difficult to remain positive. The first time I saw Regina's face as Robin hugged Marion, I felt sick to my stomach. But in hindsight, I now have a different perspective than I did in the first viewing. When you think about it, making Regina evil again seems counterproductive, with all the growth they've given to her in the last two seasons. At this point, it would actually hurt the show to dismiss all the good she's done and revert her back to the evil queen. Instead, what I believe the writers are doing is showing how this reformed Regina will deal with this situation. When it was confirmed that Daniel could not be brought back, this was the moment the evil queen persona started taking over. Here she is at those crossroads yet again. Will she make the same mistake twice? With everything she's gone through, will she be able to come out victorious? How does a person who is trying to be good deal with a tragic situation such as this? Regina has been given a terrible blow, and now is the time to put in practice what she's been learning. Yes, Regina is going to be angry at Emma, which is understandable. Her happy ending was just destroyed right before her eyes. So I believe there will be some major issues between the two of them, but in the end, true love will win. It would be nice for her and Robin to live happily ever after, but let's be honest, she was the evil queen, and if she's to prove Rumpel wrong that villains don't get happy endings, it's not going to be that easy. She's going to have to work for Robin's love. Adam and Eddie haven't redeemed Regina this far just to turn her evil again. She will succeed. It's just going to be a little rough getting there. So for me, I'm taking cues from my little man Roland when he said, I believe. I think that wraps it up for my thoughts on the season finale. And during the hiatus, as people find new ways and shows to keep them occupied, you may find yourself at one point asking the question, What the hell am I doing in here? So it's good to know we'll have the many episodes and a few surprises to keep us entertained. Next season, it looks like we'll need to dress warm. But that's alright, because... The cold never bothered me anyway. Until next season, this is Brad shoving off. Thanks, Brad. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> what? That, that song. It's everywhere, honey. You can't get away from it. <laughs>
why the hell am I listening to this? Okay. Anyway. Wow. No, but I'm I'm excited about Frozen. It's just that song. <clears throat> Every other day, there's some new person singing. There's an old woman. There's an old man. <laughs> there's a little kid. There's a high school pep rally. They're all singing that song. Yeah, they are. On NBC, my lord. I know. It's everywhere. In different languages. Yep. It's playing everywhere. it in spoons on somebody's knee. It's, it's crazy. Everywhere. It's everywhere. Wow. You cannot escape. <laughs> no. So just let it go. Yeah, I know. I was at the mall, just walking along, looking at the different stores, and I hear this, you know, get let it go, let it go, and I go, oh my gosh, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. (sighs) When they start singing it in churches, that's when we have a problem. Oh, I I don't know. Just saying. Man, you've you've (laughs) given a lot of people just an idea. Wait, I have it. (laughs) We're going to have a sing-along. We'll change some of the words. We'll have a (laughs) sing-along. It's a frozen sing-along at church. We'll get him in here. All right. I better stop. Yeah, let's stop now. All right. So do you like tea? Um, Yeah, I do, actually. Crumpets? Um, Well, uh, I don't think I've ever had crumpets, actually. And Disney? Oh, well, of course. I want to tell you about a great podcast called the Disney Dream Girls Podcast. Okay. It's hosted by two wonderful British ladies. Okay. And I think both of them are British. They sound mm. they sound British to me. Pretty sure they are. But they love Disney. And they have this great podcast called the Disney Dream Girls. And I had a chance to meet Michelle. She okay. came over to Disneyland. And so I'm going to leave information in the show notes so you can go check out Disney Dream Girls. Nice. All right. It's a long podcast. It's almost an hour and a half now. Wow. So it's I want to. Yeah, yeah. I want to send big love out to everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourself during the hiatus. We're going to have some fun things uh, planned along mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for listening. However, you found us, please spread the word. Let other people know about yep. us. We really appreciate it. All right, I want to thank Rumple Love for a great review and rating in iTunes. Thank you so very much. Thanks. And what I love is uh, she says, and Jeff makes me think of my husband as he loves all the pretty girls. So there you go. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much, Rumple Love, for that. And that's it. So take care, guys. And like we said, we'll be along here and there during the hiatus. Yes, we so will. have a great hiatus, and we'll be talking at you soon. See you guys. Okay, bye. bye. Well, mates, thank you for joining us for the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This be a Roni's own media production. We want to hear from you. Our website be onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our email be feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our voicemail line be 657-333-0626. So tell other oncers that this be the place to be. Until we sail again, big love to you all, and we'll see you later. With me, good eye, of course.